Well, good virtual afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Ben Winter. I'm the Director of Business Development here at TransferFlow. TransferFlow has been in business for 40 years, and we've specialized in the design and manufacturing of fuel systems, fuel tanks, and innovative parts. We have over 80,000 square feet of precision machinery used in this industry and many others. Uh, I'd like to uh, offer that I will be happy to answer any questions that you might have that develop through this presentation. Just please put them in the chat and then I'll um, address them at the end of the presentation. Um, today, like I have, I've heard a lot of valuable information from OEMs, upfitters, and users. These details are essential in how we can move forward. Communication between all of the levels has to be transparent it has to be honest and it has to be humble all the time in order for us all to succeed. A little bit about my work history. I started at Transfer Flow in 1991, uh, so I've been here over 30 years. Um, I'm, um, we've been a member of NTEA, which is a National Truck Equipment Association for um, since 1990, almost 32 years. And where I currently sit on the executive board as a treasurer for that uh, organization. I will be the actual board chair in 2025 as I move through the different tiers. I'm also, we've also been a SEMA member since 1990, which is also about 32 years. Um, I sit on an advisory council, TORA, T-O-R-A, which is a truck and off-road alliance. And uh, we help organize uh, different speakers and, and presentations that happen at that show. So I've been in the truck equipment, uh, performance, upfitting a world for a long time and seen a lot of evolution. So kind of mobility is the theme of today and uh, the key to being successful with all the changes being thrown at us is being agile. Um, that word gets used quite a bit in our industry and almost to a point where it's hard to hear it anymore, but we have to repeat it and re repeat it and understand it. Um, the foundation or base of your of any organization has to be stable, giving business leaders room to make key um, changes, uh, quick moves, growths, uh, scale to a new level. Uh, some basic, some basic uh, fundamental areas have to be uh, laser focused on the financial portion of that of your company, of my company. Um, you know, these are not new terms, these are not new things, but these are new concepts that we really have to digest and disseminate throughout our organizations. Uh, raw material costs, accounts payable, how, uh, accounts receivable, uh, what we charge our customers, profitability, the acquisitions that happen in this world. Uh, these are all things that we have to put on our um, key performance indicators and know where our business is going. So again, these are not unfamiliar to any of us here. We are all uh, try to be successful. We bring in new products and we know where our uh, profit and loss statements are. But knowing where our cash is, uh, is more important than ever. And also with that is just kind of increasing that US-based manufacturing. Um, we can streamline some of those delays of raw materials, the shortages. We should all be working on funding US-based manufacturing as much as we can. Um, we support that, that's in our mission statement. So everything we purchase, build, if we cannot build it, or if we can't buy it, we buy the machinery to build it. Um, manufacturing, the trend is that every dollar spent adds about $2.68 to our US economy. 
Um, locally, we did some uh, reviews on what we do. And for every $10 million spent from a manufacturing company is almost $50 million to that local economy with wages and raw materials and outsourcing and different things like that. So it's a really strong driver to um, keep our economies and keep our local uh, systems running well. That does bring us to challenges such as workforce. Uh, we've had to relearn uh, retention programs. How do I keep an employee longer than I usually have? Uh, it's a different employee mindset. And we have to be cognizant of what we look through as a company and be respectful of new relationships, new environments, new needs, uh, recruitment programs. There's quite a bit of recruitment going on all over the place. And you have to, we have to be uh, within that. And I'd love to, you know, go into that and having a strong HR um, division helps us with that, understanding what kind of employee we want, fitting the culture, and uh, what the pay needs to be. All these things compound into our overhead costs, you know, to stay competitive. So as much as we push to stay, uh, buy raw components in the U.S., uh, develop new relationships and acquisitions, it does, at the end of the day, somebody has to buy our product, and that overhead cost has to be a thought in there. Um, you know, some of those that, uh, the, working with those employees, um, it just, it does bring a, a bigger cost to that, uh, overall, um, overhead cost, um, changes in the customer's needs. Uh, I heard earlier in one of the presentations, you know, we really do need to be thinking and listening to our customer's needs. Um, not that none of us have ever done that before, but we have to do it with emphasis. We really need to take a look at it here, what the needs are. And that includes what, so being in the truck equipment business, um, you know, we're, we're our level of knowing what truck owners are doing. Um, that's from the individual user through the OEMs. And that purchase cycle is different. It's a lot longer. Um, trucks aren't available. They're more expensive. They are built to last longer. And so those changeover cycles are changing, meaning that they don't need our product as often. And, you know, over the 30 years that I've been in this business and looked at different trucks 30 years ago and as of today, it's a very different environment. And uh, we need to recognize that I heard earlier about the lease uh, program. You know, we're a part of that. Um, and the PMs are managed by somebody else, again, making the trucks last longer. The useful life of those vehicles are different and they're, they're, it's subjective to the work environment. If you're in a mining oil, it's gonna be a shorter life than a meter reader that uh, runs around town. And knowing our customers and listening to what their needs are and fitting them with the specific device to get that job done is, is really important. And uh, all of our jobs to do that from the OEM level to the upfitter, to the aftermarket, to the manufacturer, everybody has to be doing that job and doing it right. Um, you know, the, Lately, the topical issues uh, that have uh, that have created discussion and arguments are uh, those, I, I guess, that affect our uh, the hurdles of making those decisions and educating and moving us forward. And some of those um, are the erroneous laws or the different uh, vehicles that are being built and the in instability of uh, um, raw components. I mean, to give you an example, 
You know, we every one of us deals with state and federal rulemaking. Um, I'm all, I'm a California resident, and I have to deal with CARB versus EPA, and the constant battles that go back and forth from that. Um, unorthodox rulemaking, I'll just say it that way, and um, you know, bringing light to only one method of propulsion. You know, there's probably a whole nother segment of arguments that could uh, go with that. But who's the Goliath and who's the David, you know, between that? You have 49 state and you have one state. But I just uh, I just heard and validated that California is the fifth largest economy in, in the in the world. And I think they're fighting, or, uh, fighting for the fourth spot at this point. So California does hold a lot of vehicles. It holds a lot of power. And so making these claims and, and changing vehicles and changing our way of thinking is um, has a lot of uh, impact. You know, when we and just talking about propulsion through those 30 years, we're dominantly a gasoline and diesel industry. Uh, we make tanks to build uh, to take vehicles longer, to give uh, employees longer work times, longer routes, more efficiency. Uh, custom, real niche type of vehicles that need um, fuel systems to be moved. So we've always been in that. But we've seen these trends and these uh, fuels come uh, kind of to, to light, such as CNG. CNG was came, came and it was pushed hard. A lot of money pushed into that, and that was our next fuel. And then uh, with that was LPG, the kind of the propane auto gas, and that was pushed very hard. And it's still in the industry, both of those today. And now we're at EV, where that's uh, every OEM I visit. Just back in Ohio, I've been in Baltimore. I'm, you know, heading to Detroit here in a week. Um, EV is the topic of the conversation. The money is being spent there, and how do we infiltrate that type of technology into a real commercial working at, uh, atmosphere? Um, I, there's lots. Of, obviously, there's two positions. Very polar opposites. Um, I see the OEMs making these changes. I see the vehicles on the road. We own them. We have them here on our fleet and we've tested, we tow it, we put it into a work environment. And, you know, there's a lot of work that, that we all need to do to make these commercial trucks and keep our workers safe, keep our utilities running, uh, keep them on the road and and uh, make sure the batteries are charged and still we can build houses. We have the infrastructure to charge them up. We have all those things that we talk about daily. And I know the OEMs are really going to be pushing on working on that. And if they're not, they're going to hear from lots of upfitters and OEMs and, and telecoms and utilities that they need a vehicle that can get the job done all the way and not um, half the way. The next thing that I'm now hearing percolate up is uh, hydrogen fuel cells. You know, that's going to be the next topic to, to, to come. And how do we fit that? How does the different types of hydrogen get into that engine? How does it run? How do we fill them up? Um, so it seems like we're always in a state of evolution. We're always growing for uh, the next uh, shiny penny. Um, at some point, we are going to have to level up and we're going to have to figure out what works and I, I'm again, my personal opinion, there isn't one silver bullet for all vehicles. And we're going to have to play on a space where there's multiple options. But again, that's probably a uh, discussion for a later time. 
the you know the other hurdles that we come into is tax and stimulus. Uh, we've obviously come through COVID or we're going through COVID. We're still feeling some of the uh, tortures of that, of time off, um, rewards for uh, not being in the office, working from home. You know, uh, as a manufacturing company, we can't work from home. I have to run machinery and I have to have staff on on site. And so when uh, we're having trouble bringing people back online because of the uh, different stimulus money or the taxes that are going up, uh, the inflation that's happening, um, buying homes, buying cars, it's much different. And then if you sprinkle that all together and you put that into the HR spaghetti, trying to keep up with um, what is new and, and keeping us out of the kind of the lawyer's eye, when we have employees do come back to work, they are safe. They're protected, and we make sure that the hours they work are appropriate. The heat is correct, and the the right amount of uh, breaks are given, and the lunches and so forth. So I uh, take my hat off to our HR crew. They um, deal with a lot day to day. All of this kind of coupled together really does put a hardship on smaller businesses trying to come into the market. There's a lot of acquisitions. I deal with many companies that are just on fire to to pull in competition, to pull in uh, different segments. And if you're a small business starting out, you're dealing with such a cash crunch to get workers' comp going, to get your insurances up to speed, the cost of energy to run a facility, um, all those things together, it's it's it makes challenging, uh, think makes you think outside the box to really invest your time and money into a product that um, that is going to give the customer a, use, a useful life. It's a perfect segue into my innovation spiel. Um, I, along with Catherine and many others, went to a, a leadership summit uh, back in Baltimore, and I heard something that was really important to me and I passed on to my company is that most of you probably already heard it, but the necessity is the mother of innovation. And that's what we really have to look at when we're developing new product, we're getting into new markets, we're building EV vehicles or hydrogen vehicles. What is the necessity of that component? Um, so it's not just a widget, it's all the way through uh, everything we do. And so as we work, as we have an innovation team here, and as we work through those what is the necessity? How is it going to help that customer? Am I listening to that customer of what they need to, to be working with? Um, using our maker spaces that are available to us, our colleges, our, our, uh, um, our craft and, and retaining employees and getting people from that, bringing product into our industry, into our company that lets us grow. Um, you know, we're always looking at uh, those recession type proof products, uh, pets, weddings, different things like that. How do we how do we get into that? Um, whether that's vehicle driven, that's a component, that's a part. Um, we always need to be looking at what's next. And as as a long as the longevity of me being in this company, you know, fuel systems, I have to I really have to step back and take a look at where we are going to be in 10, 15, 20 years. And are gasoline and diesel tanks going to be a necessity or are we going to have a blend of a whole bunch of different things? And uh, so as a business development uh, leg, that is exactly what uh, what I look at uh, every day. Uh, so kind of uh, I, I am fortunate to work for a company that uh, we do have excellent leadership and we are focused. Um, you know, our, our culture 
and ethics always drive us to be better. Um, and in order to do that, we must we have to stay focused on our prize, our rally, our common theme. Uh, what is our strategic planning and what that is, whether that's revenue, if it's profit, if it's product, if it's projects, we stay focused on that as a team and that gets us uh, to the other end. So, you know, things that we look at, um, what does growth look like? Uh, like I just said, all those different things that I just listed, that's that's your growth in your company and our company. How much cash do we need to grow? You know, cash gives you that agility. It lets you pivot, it lets you acquire, it lets you move back and forth. Without cash, if you tied it all up into inventory, if you tied it all up into uh, finished goods, you don't have a lot of flexibility to, to make quick changes. And that cash, cash gets you into innovation. You know, what's next on our list? What's next for you? Um, is your team on board? Does your team understand how important innovation is? Are there rewards? What are the expectations from us as leadership all the way down through our company. And finally, that culture. We hire to culture now. It's uh, We used to hire to experience and and uh, training. And that's that's obviously an important aspect of it, but it's also that culture. We have a very specific family-oriented co- culture that always takes care of its employees, number one. Safety is number one. Our employees are right there, top of the list. And uh, we need to make sure that the employees that we bring in will support all the plans that we have to move forward. And then taking that, I've said earlier, I've heard it sprinkled through the presentations today is that transparency. We have to be transparency. We have to be transparent through our network, from our OEMs, everything to through our companies. And so they understand everything it is and just repeat, repeat, repeat that, that standard line that we hear a lot. It's really important um, to do that. So, you know, sitting through these presentations, I'm I'm always energized. I'm motivated. Um, it gets me thinking about uh, what creative juices I have. Um, I just personally want to say thank Catherine and her crew for putting this together. 